course, as we've been talking about all afternoon, the NDP government swore in its 57 MLAs today, and Premier John Horgan also announcing his cabinet. Horgan's previous cabinet numbered 23 members when you include himself, and as of today, now that number stands at 25. To break it down, please to welcome to the show political journalist for Global TV, Keith Baldry. Keith, thank you so much for the time today. Great to be here. Uh, so I'll just ask right off the top, were, was there any surprises for you when, when you were hearing the, uh, the names roll out? Was there anything that came as a, as a bit of a shock? I wouldn't say there was anything shocking. Um, you never can figure this out totally, but certainly some of the newcomers were on everybody's speculation list. Uh, you know, Tofino Mayor Josie Osborne uh, of one of the newcomers. Um, and, and in terms of the backbench getting promoted, Ravi Kalon, no surprise there. I guess that someone stood out as a surprise. There had been rumors, and it seemed apparent that Rob Fleming was going to be moved from education. That was actually one of his ideas. He wanted to just been ongoing fights with the BCTF on this. But I don't think a lot of people saw Jennifer Whiteside, a former uh, business manager of the Hospital Employees Union uh, from New Westminster, taking over education. So I think that's a surprise for, for many people. Uh, Selena Robinson going to finance was widely expected. Uh, nobody expected Adrian Dix to be moved or mm -hmm. David Eby or Mike Farnworth. So we knew there was going to be some new blood. And I think most people, speculation, pretty well had the same names sort of kicking around. I don't think anybody necessarily knew what portfolio people were going to go to, but the expectation was the, the key ministers, with the exception of Fleming, would remain where they are, um, and there would be some new blood. What was interesting, and this had been anticipated with 57 members, uh, I ran into John Horgan a couple of weeks ago, and he acknowledged it's, it's, that's a lot of mouths to feed and to um, and egos, based, well, you know, personalities to manage. You don't want people doing nothing. So 13 parliamentary secretaries up from eight, that's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that's a surprise, but I think that's raising some eyebrows. Uh, of the of the you know people who are on cabinet here as of today, is there anyone that you kind of look at and say they have probably the most work ahead of them in the immediate future? Is it education? Is it Jennifer Whiteside that probably has the most to do on her plate right away? Well, you know, the de facto education minister is Dr. Bonnie Henry. <laughs> you know, she's the one in charge of the of the pandemic rules in schools, which is at the heart of the school debate right now. Just because Rob Fleming is moving to a different portfolio doesn't mean the policies change because they're public health policies. I'd say the guy who's got a lot on his plate uh, is Ravi Kalon, who's a very likable MLA from young, Youngish from Delta North. He's a jobs minister, but he's also responsible for the pandemic recovery. So he's got, um, he's a key guy to uh, look out for, because this is really much of the economic strategy, trying to, uh, trying to rebuild the economy in, in the pandemic. Um, and it's, um, it's, he's going to have a lot on his plate. One of the things I know the Premier has always been uh, very, um, you know, patting himself on the back about is the diversity that uh, is in his cabinet. We saw when it comes to gender, it's an even split, right? Twelve female, twelve male cabinet yep. ministers here today. Um, what did you make of, of the makeup on not only when it comes to gender, but also uh, geographically here as well? Well, geographically, he's quite interesting. I mean, he had to play the cards he's been dealt, which means um, he doesn't have a lot of seats north of Hope. Uh, so it's uh, the, the, never have we had as many cabinet ministers on Vancouver Island, for example. Seven, if you include Horgan, there's seven people at the cabinet table, one-third of the cabinet from Vancouver Island, which is kind of extraordinary. Uh, ten people from the suburbs of Metro Vancouver, five from, from Vancouver City itself, and just three from uh, outlying regions around the province. Uh, you know, it's uh, again, he hasn't got a lot of seats to draw on, but he didn't promote either of his interior uh, MLAs who won in uh, Boundary Samilkameen and 
Vernon Monashi, which was sort of a breakthrough for them. Uh, but um, again, he didn't have a lot to draw on, but no surprise that the makeup of the cabinet reflects the electoral map that uh, handed him a decisive election win. Well, what did you make, too? I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, infrastructure and the fact that Rob Fleming is moving over to that portfolio. And, you know, maybe it's going to be a little bit of an easier job than being in that education, a little bit less contention, right? Dealing with fewer parties and, and, and uh, not having to get into those disputes the same way. But uh, I found it interesting that Bowen Ma was given the Minister of State for Infrastructure. So there's almost two people working on that portfolio. Yeah, and I was just talking to Fleming about this. They're still sort of trying to sort it out. They haven't seen the mandate letters. Uh, Bowen Ma is certainly an up-and-coming um, star of the NDP caucus. She's from North Vancouver. Um, yeah, Minister of State for Infrastructure. But Fleming's understanding is he's in charge of the projects, you know, the, um, the meat and potatoes of this stuff. And I reminded him that former B.C. Liberal uh, Highways Minister, Transportation Minister Kevin Falcon once told me, how much fun he found that portfolio because all you did was you go to these big projects that wear a hard hat do you know have a photo op and hand money out to everybody and build things and you know he he built the canada line and the the um uh, the Portman Bridge in Metro Vancouver, the Kicking Horse uh, Canyon Bridge. Uh, uh, it, it, these are big ticket items. And, and now Fleming's going to be associated with the Broadway subway line, uh, the Massey uh, Tunnel replacement, and the replacement of the Patello Bridge in Metro Vancouver, and numerous transportation projects around the province. One thing that's not stopping in this pandemic is infrastructure spending with this government. They're still spending a, billions of dollars on these projects. And this is very much part of the economic recovery, too, because these projects mean jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more question on the cabinet here, but David Eby, uh, of course, maintaining that position of uh, attorney general, but I was surprised to see housing added to his portfolio. I mean, that's a pretty significant piece, uh, I believe, here in this cabinet. And of course, Selena Robinson being in charge of that before moving to finance. So someone else was going to have to take on that role. But I was just surprised to see that tacked on to Eby's uh, already pretty heavy workload. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, now, much, I'm sure, to Evie's delight, he no longer has ICBC. That's been shifted to Mike Farmer. So that was consuming a lot of his time. He once told me, and if you know David Evie's history, um, he very much comes from the activist side and re- reform side of things. And he said, I didn't get into politics to run an auto insurance company. It was getting very frustrating for him to have ICBC. So he's lost ICBC, goes to Farnworth, uh, but you're right, he gets housing. And again, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming, but we were wondering if Selena Robinson moved from housing to finance, someone was going to take over. And clearly he's, he's sort of rejigged some of the portfolios. Uh, Selena Robinson's old portfolio has been renamed what it really is, which is municipal affairs, and that's, but it's lost housing, and that's gone to David Eby. So he's got a new project on his plate. Uh, just while I have you here, Keith, I know you've been following along very, very intently on all the latest when it comes to COVID-19, and we saw you know, another record here uh, today with 887 new cases and another 13 deaths. Um, just you know, what, what are you making of the latest? I mean, it feels like, uh, are people just not getting the message, or uh, just what is your take on the numbers we are continuing to see as they keep getting bigger and bigger, it feels like, on a daily basis? I think a lot of people aren't getting the message, but the the virus continues to be particularly prevalent in Fraser Health, which is an enormous health authority. And it'll be interesting to see when the maps are updated um, in a couple weeks, when they they have a more granular uh, statistical analysis. You're allowed to dive deeper into municipalities of where the virus actually is. It had been in Surrey um, more than anywhere uh, for, for September, October, and we'll see if that's the case in November. But, you know, 
the worrisome thing about this is, um, and Dr. Bonnie Henry and Andrew Dix point this out all the time, the numbers in the other health authorities, including where you are in Interior, mm-hmm. where I am in Vancouver Island, which had relatively lower numbers for some time, are starting to become much more serious. I mean, 65 cases in the Interior today in this reporting period, another 18 in Vancouver Island. The North has a particular outbreak, mostly associated with that LNG uh, camp in, in Kitimat, but 24 more people there. Uh, having the virus. So, yes, Fraser Health Authority is the dominant region, but it is starting to show up in greater numbers in other health uh, health authorities. I liken this to the fact that um, people really aren't getting the message because I think a lot of people think, well, I'm, in, I'm immune to this or it's not going to hurt me that much. What, what could possibly go wrong if I just go out with a few friends to someone's house? Well, if the virus is lurking and it's lurking increasing, increasing numbers everywhere, the chances of you getting infected start to becoming that much greater. And that's what I think we're seeing in the numbers. I mean, 887 cases today is on one level extraordinary, but on another level not entirely surprising at all. Yeah. We are we are we are approaching a thousand cases a day. Our doubling rate has been has been staggered a bit. But a few I think last week, Dr. Henry said our doubling rate was every 13 days, which means we could be at 2,000 cases, similar to what Alberta is in right now. Yeah, uh, they're approaching 2,000, which for us would be you know they're at 1,800 a day. That's the equivalent of, of 2,200 a day for us. So we could be where Alberta is very quickly. Oh, that's scary to think about. Thanks so much, Keith. Appreciate the time and uh, right. have a great rest of your day. Anytime. All right. There is Keith Baldry, political journalist for Global TV.